Broadcasting from Under the Dome in Chester's Mill, this is Under the Dome Radio, a fan podcast by and for fans about the CBS television show, Under the Dome. Thanks again for tuning in to Under the Dome Radio, episode number 10 for Outbreak. It's our feedback and review show. Under the Dome Radio is produced by Media Voiceovers at MediaVoiceOvers.com. If you are looking for voiceover talent for your project, podcast, or you just want to pay us to soothe you to sleep, we aren't biased. Contact us at MediaVoiceOvers.com. And also buy our affiliate links at UnderTheDomeRadio.com. Check out all the ways to help out the podcast at UnderTheDomeRadio.com slash love. Absolutely. Very, very well done there, Troy. This is our 10th episode. Can you believe it already? 10 episodes of Under the Dome Radio. And How does that o- work? I, well, there's only been four episodes of Under the Dome. So. Oh, wait, we're not supposed to do math. No. Go ahead. No. So anyway, this time around on our 10th episode, we're going to be on the air and talk about the fourth episode of Under the Dome Outbreak. And we're going to broadcast at the tower play some uh, listener feedback and some emails. And let me just preface just one of them without giving too much away. An interesting theory on what might come right after the final scene that we saw this week. I Mm. did not see this theory coming. And then I have have thoughts on that scene as well. So that'll be good. Oh, you know, the scene I'm talking about. Okay. I do. I do. Then we're going to go in the dome, the possibly spoiler section where we might be talking about things that, may have happened in the book, but may not be happening on the TV show. We will just have to wait and see. So the links and anything that we mentioned in this episode, just go to underthedomeradio.com slash 10. And me, well, like Zaphod Beeblebrox, I'm just this guy, Wayne Henderson, the podcasting voice acting Packers fan who made it to the bronze three level in ballroom dancing at Arthur Murray Dance Studios. Congratulations. Thank you. And over here... It is me, Troy Heinrichs, the fundraising, bike riding, tech teaching, world traveling, and fellow Packers fan as I prep for my annual pilgrimage north to the Cheeseland for Packers training camp next week. It is great to be here, and I know we want to get rolling and get into all the good stuff because this episode was probably the best one of the season so far. Would you not agree? Totally agree. Very intense. We had to wait an extra day to put out the show because it just was so full of theories, thoughts. Where is this going to go? Oh, my gosh. And so uh, we're definitely glad we're here. And I know you guys want to know what's behind the dome in Chester's Mills, you know. So please let us know. It's killing us not to know. You know. Share your thoughts and be part of the show. Yo. Call uh-huh. Under the Dome Radio listener voicemail 904-469-7469. We would love, love, love the audio feedback directly. So you can do that also from your computer or smartphone if you forget how to use that rotary dial thing. And uh, just uh, use the voicemail widget on the website, underthedomeradio.com, over on the right-hand side. Operators are standing by because, let's face it, what else is there to do when you're trapped under a dome? Good point. And as of July 17th, 2013, the Under the Dome Radio podcast is, of course, not yet affiliated with CBS, Stephen King, the Under the Dome TV miniseries, although fellow Domehead and podcast listener Carl has definitely made it known that he believes we should be. Just saying. 
Excellent. And thank you again for that, Carl. That was very nice of you to post that out to CBS that we should be made official. And so we are now going to dig right into the action for Outbreak on the air section of our show. Some of our favorite parts. You know, we didn't have to wait very long. I posted a question out on Twitter and Facebook about a week or so ago after the last episode, wondering how long do you think we're going to have to wait before Angie makes her move with the scissors that she hid and well, some of those responses were scarier than Junior. Just <laughs> want to put that out there. I mean, stab someone in the eye. Come on. It's a family show. I wasn't going to get into that, but i that's a good point. And we didn't have to wait very long. she Right away in this episode, she's, she's going to try to take care of business, but she's not very good. Well, she only used half the scissors. That was half the problem. Oh. It looked like she had separated the scissors and just used the one side. You know, but the thing the thing with scissors, you know, Anytime you're trying to use some kind of stabbing motion, you never go over the top because it takes too long for your arm to make that motion. So it's a lot easier to block. You always want to go lower because it's a shorter jab. It did seem like the whole act took too long to. It's like Junior's going to stop it. Junior's going to see us, Angie. Well, yes. and she and she's short too, so she's got a lot higher to reach to get it into his eye, I guess. So she may still have the other half of the scissors hidden away, maybe. Maybe. So this brought up a lot of questions. The very next scene. I mean, why is DJ Phil Bushy driving Peter Shumway's car? Why is Phil Bushy's address marked on Barbie's map? And of course, we get some of these answers later. But right away, I was thinking things like that. And when did he buy it and why? And what's with all the fainting spells all over the town? Of course, we find out later, you know, outbreak, obviously. But it was really weird. This this episode was so rich so tense and very much a Stephen King episode. Yeah, and it was really great to find these answers just like bang, bang, bang. You know, we figured this was going to be kind of a drawn out episode. It's going to be focused in the hospital the whole time. People are going to freak out. And then here we have all this deliciousness all over the place and everybody's getting intertwined together in literally a matter of like three minutes. So I think it's really great that they're moving these answers along so that they can go ahead and make way for new theories or new conspiracies to come out, which of course we see at the end of the episode of what's going to happen next or what we think might happen next. And finally, Scarecrow Joe is finally asking about his sister, Angie's whereabouts. It only took four episodes to go, uh, or in this case, four days, you know, Hey, I haven't seen my sister. Anyone see her? I mean, it goes back to the whole thing that, you know, when you talk about your family and you talk about work works more, you know, interested of where you are than where your family, <laughs> your well, family's like, yeah, whatever, you know, they'll show up when they show up. Yeah, pretty much. Especially in that age group, they can be that way. Not always, but sometimes. And Angie, of course, is trying to break out because being down in that bomb shelter is no good. But the busted pipe, how is she going to get a plumber down there to get that taken care of? I have no idea. My guess is the plumbers were probably all with the fire truck at the parade, too. <laughs> the the plumbing parade. Exactly. I love that stuff. Someone's got to walk around with the, uh, you know, the backside showing, I suppose, as part of the parade route. I don't know. And they didn't take long to let us know that the actual outbreak is actually meningitis. And Nori's mom is kind of an expert. She says they're going to need a spinal tap if it's meningitis. Of course, it might have to go to 11. You know how those things are. But I, the, I, I think it'd be great, you know, if they had at least, you know, 11. Well, it looked like they only had 11 uh, doses actually to give out to the people in the clinic. So they had to go find some more. 
I'm wondering if some people just got a fourth of a dose. There was not enough medicine for all those people to get a full uh, treatment. And of course, we lost a couple more Chester's Mill uh, residents this week. So, yeah, you know, it's going to happen. I mean, you figure you got 2,000 people or so, I think, is the town in the book. So, you know, people are going to drop like flies eventually. It'll just be depending on how fast they fall, I think, is what we're going to see over the next, whatever it is, um, nine episodes left before the end of the season. Right. And was it just me or were you equally scared? And listeners, were you equally square, scared as well? Call us at 904-469-7469. They give Junior Rennie a gun. I could only think of uh, Aerosmith, is it right? Junior's got a gun. <laughs> that's, a, that's the first thing that oh, popped in my head during that scene because it was like, Troy. it was humorous at the same Troy. time it was scary. It was very scary. Junior Rennie does not need to have a weapon. No. And his dad should know better. I'm like, come on, Jim. Well, this this actually ties into what my theory is from the final scene. Oh, okay. I'll just give you that teaser for later. Oh, okay. Consider us teased. And I don't know if this was a metaphor or not, but the camera panning there in the hospital focused on the exit sign for quite a while. I don't know if it was a little meeting reminding everybody that, you know, they're trapped under the dome. There really is no exit out of this place, at least yet. But for some reason, you know, Julia actually finds a way out. You know, I thought that was cool that she went to go get her husband's key card and the key card just has a back door. <laughs> I thought for a minute there was going to be, oh, it's a back door outside the dome. Look at that. That would have been awesome. But there's no no such luck. No just, such luck. Just a door out of the hospital. And how about <laughs> Reverend Scoggins, a little misguided, burning up all sorts of prescription medication. And I thought this was really the best part of the show. This and then. Lester um, showing up on the porch uh, at Big Jim's house towards the end. I don't want to give it away here because this definitely ties back into the book. Some of the things that were actually missing from last week's episode when you look at the actual timeline. So I think I'm going to hold comment for this for later on in the dome. In the dome, a.k.a. in the no section. Okay. Now, you mentioned something and so did a listener last week. And so I really focused on it this week. And I did notice the extra suspenseful music this time around, especially in the scene with Julia Shumway there in the cabin. It, 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 the music really amped up that scene. Well, the one that I really liked this week was when um, Junior and Big Jim and Linda are, are in the hallway and Linda's talking about how Junior really stepped up and saved everybody. And then Big Jim turns and says, how do you feel about law enforcement? And the oh, music that no. played there with the creepy look on his face, I was like, this is so lost. This is like got lost written all over it because I literally got chills down my spine as the music played with the creepy smile on his face. Like now I have a gun. I know. It, I'm awesome. I, th I think it's been his plan all along. He's very devious. Um, I think some people, unfortunately, and maybe even Ms. Shumway, like you said, kind of falling for this other personality of Junior, his softer side, his caring side. I think it was all an act. I don't believe it at all. Well, and the way Big Jim looked at him in this episode was different than last week, where last week he was like, you're just a pansy, drink your milk, little boy, you know? And right. this week he's like looking at him like, almost like they were in cahoots the whole time. So I was kind of confused there a little bit to say, you know, is he really, was it his plan all along to make Junior an officer? And then like last week's episode was to throw us off the scent? Or, you know, is he just like, oh, maybe my son's not a tool? That's a good question. I wonder if, if it's a slight writing uh, continuity error or maybe 
after their incident there in the kitchen, after he had Junior take his milk while he was drinking like bourbon or something, maybe that gave Big Jim a chance to think a little bit. And hearing someone else like Miss Shumway actually saying, you know, Junior did really well, that made fatherly pride sneak into Big Jim a little bit. Just for a little bit. Yeah, just for a little bit, not too long. <laughs> and then he finds a girl trapped in a watery basement. Go figure. It happens all the time. <laughs> At least on Stephen King books, I suppose. Maybe and, on the West Coast. I don't know about Central. but <laughs> We don't even have bomb shelters or basements here. That's right. And kids these days all getting into having seizures together on purpose. I thought that was actually the really cool scene because nothing like that ever happened in the book. So for them to actually, oh, hey, when we touched, we actually had one. Can we do it again? I thought that was really smart on their part. So it really thinks it well, really shows that the kids are thinking, right? Well, Joe and Benny especially are really smart. Um, Nori's smart as well, but I, something about her. But, you know, Joe and no, Nori, you know, they're sitting under a dome and they're filming themselves. And they finally get this cool proof about even though they weren't really searching for that in particular, but they now both know that they're both rambling on about pink stars falling in lines. But their explanation after watching the video was very odd. Don't you think a little bit, you know, it's, you know, I, I think they're trying to throw people off. Cause I think they know enough people read the book. So they know what the pink stars are. So I think that they're just trying to throw stuff in there for, you know, the non-book readers just to give them like a bait kind of thing. And then when it pays off, it pays off in a big way. I'm hoping it pays off kind of the same way because I just want to see the special effect. And of course, we same- can't give any spoilery stuff away in this part of the show. But Exactly. But at the same time, I almost kind of want it to be something different, too. I, I don't know. I And I can't even imagine if it is something different what it might be but we're along for the ride so it's going to be really cool to see how it comes together they're going to have to rewrite some of those songs like when you wish upon a pink falling star it makes no difference whether in lines or in jars i'm not going to try to sing on the podcast okay (laughs) or that classic another callback to lost you know catch a falling pink star and put it in your pocket pocket, save it yep yep save it for another another dome dome day day. i could see that one totally (laughs) you could see it coming okay little baby baby aaron sitting there as he's having a seizure and kate sings to him or the squirrel baby uh ladies and gentlemen in between under the dome episodes if you've not watched lost netflix you can watch lost you can watch fringe and it's all awesome stuff meanwhile back in the hospital hallway barbie we find out already knows phil bushy yesterday barbie's like no i don't i don't have time to really be introduced to that phil guy but he knows well, him. And, and it was really great that they actually uh, brought this up. And, you know, it was really fun to sit there. And he's like, you could tell Barbie has definitely got more of an attitude and a temper because he just literally kicks a man when he's down and he just swings that wheelchair 180. <laughs> I mean, Benny would have been impressed. He would have been like, dude, I can't even do that on my skateboard, man. You did it in a wheelchair. No so, Benny this week. Speaking no Benny of Benny. The, yeah, what, no Benny this week. What was he doing on this uh, day four of Dome Day? Well, I'm sure after the, you know, fiasco at the house, you know, he was probably trying to stay away from that big jock guy. Plus, you know, he's he's a cool like homie. You know, he's like, this is my friend Joe and he's hanging out with Nori. So I'm going to give, you know, him and his girlfriend a little space. Okay, well, I'm hoping that we see Benny and Joe together because they're kind of like the dynamic duo under the dome. The the two of them together have lots of great ideas. 
So who's Batman and who's Robin? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> Julia and Barbie, they, they kind of have a heart to heart. And I like how, you know, I was kind of stunned for a while because Barbie's telling the whole story of him and Phil and even Peter Shumway. And it, he was being genuine. I think this is actually what happened. Although he kind of left out the part at the end, how he got in a big argument and accidentally killed Peter Shumway. Right, right. And it, <laughs> in details. And it, it, it's great to watch him just sit there and he's like literally just and he's like totally like just spitting it out like it's truth. And then he just sits there and he takes that one breath. And if I'm Julia, I'm a good reporter, right? So I could totally read the fact that he paused and took that one breath and she's like, tell me the truth. And he just does that. Well, he probably just ran away. You know, it tends to happen with people like this. You know, he just delivered it like so nonchalant. You know, she totally had to read through that. And that's why I think she kicked him out of the house. Not mm. because he lied, but I think she read through that, that lie that she knows there's something more really? to the story. I think. And I think that she bought the whole entire story and believes that he is outside the dome and has ran off, at least for now. Listeners, are you with me or with Troy on this one? Do you uh, think Julia is totally distrusting of Barbie altogether and is seeing through his lie? Or did she buy it? I think she bought it and she still needed to kick him out of the house because it's finally starting to settle in that, you know, this is a little weird. This guy's coming after my husband to get him to pay some debts. Something happened. And even if he left town, it's kind of wrong for me to have this guy staying in my house. <laughs> she finally came to her senses for whatever reason. I think people are on my side, Wayne. We're gonna have to. We'll have to have a contest after the episode airs. We'll see. We'll put the post up on Facebook and Twitter, and then you guys can like and retweet, and you can say Team Troy or Team Wayne, <laughs> Twilight <laughs> no. style. No, no Twilight style. Uh, what do you think about Reverend Scoggins? Given you know, he all of a sudden wants to wash his hands clean after all this psychotic behavior, and he's giving Big Jim that bag full of drug money profits. Hey, if someone wants to give me a hundred large, I'm all for it. Who knows how much money was in that bag? Looked like it was quite a bit. Yes, it did. And is Junior going to stumble across that sitting in the house? Could be. Or or, or Coggins was really the, uh, the the smart one where he like just wrapped a bunch of ones with a 20 on the outside. Yeah. but <laughs> And then the most intense episode, which I had to rewind and watch at least two or three times in a row. And then I've seen the whole episode another time or so after that. But very, very, even though Stephen King hasn't written any of the episodes this season, if it gets renewed for a second season, there is talk that Stephen King may write an episode next season. But even without Stephen King writing any of this episode, this end scene especially seemed so Stephen King-like, where Jim Rennie finally discovers Angie in his bomb shelter. Okay, so what's your theory? What's going to happen next? I, let's table that discussion till we get into the uh, listener feedback section and hear the listener's theory, and then let's throw out our theories too. That sounds good to me. Oh, okay. And I, I know that this has to be a topic that people have theories on. And I would ask you to all call in with your theories right now, but I have a feeling that Monday night we're going to find out right away. Yeah, I mean... It, Shut the door, keep it down there, let her out, you know, 
Or is it just like another reference to Stephen King? We all float down here. <laughs> oh, just no. Some, they just get out some pool noodles and some inner tubes and just, uh, you know, have a swim up bar. I don't know. So all in all, I thought the episode was excellent. And it ended so, it seemed like it ended so soon. I could not believe it when it said, stay tuned for scenes of next week's Under the Dome. I'm thinking, what is this, only a 40 minute episode? But awesome episode. I'm going to give this... 8.15 out of 10 bomb shelters converted into swimming pools. Mm, I'm actually higher this week. I gave it 9 out of 10 Scarecrow Joe's Aaron Rodgers impressions. Shh. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, I think that uh, Joe has seen Aaron Rodgers last year when they uh, talked about our things falling apart with the Packers. <laughs> that, good one, Troy. Good one. Nine out of ten. Excellent. I'm I'm holding on to my nine or higher for what I think, you know, I know a lot of people are avoiding the previews for next week, so we're going to stay totally away from those, at least for now. I think next week might be when I give at least a nine. All right. I'll hold you to it. Let's go ahead and traipse on over to the tower and go into the listener thoughts and theories and... Listeners, you guys are smart. You've got some great ideas. We're going to kick it right off here with Rick from the state of Wisconsin. And he's not even a huge Packers fan, but still he's in Wisconsin. Hey, Wayne and Troy. This is Rick from Wisconsin calling. And uh, while my wife and I were on vacation uh, last week, we actually sat and watched Under the Dome Live. It was the only show that we watched on TV that we took the time to watch while we were on vacation. Uh, but I didn't call in for that episode. Uh, I did like it quite a bit, the episode Manhunt, and then this week's episode with the outbreak uh, was interesting. It's uh, The first episode, I think, is uh, virtually 100% material that uh, is not related at all to what was in the book. Uh, and it's taking some interesting turns. I think at this point I've decided they did succeed in changing the characters in a way that made some of them more likable. That was one of my concerns uh, for the show. And I would say both Big Jim Rennie and Junior, in some ways, are uh, more likable than the, the people they were in the book, at least for me. And uh, Jim, Big Jim almost seems uh, like a good guy, even though he's got this dark secret... Uh, thing going on with the, the drug dealing thing. Um, he doesn't really seem that evil. Uh, seems like he wants best. And um, I really like the revelation of who this uh, version of Barbie is. Uh, the idea that he's an enforcer there to collect on a gambling debt. Um, brings some intrigue to the character. Uh, makes him not necessarily a, a good guy, but not necessarily a, a truly bad guy either. Um, I did, you know, kind of, kind of a middle character there, and uh, I really do like the direction they're going with the show. I think if they can keep coming up with things, uh, they could stay under the dome and keep the show going quite a long time. And I really did enjoy catching up on your podcast and hearing the interview that you did, and uh, a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of good stuff with your show and a lot of good stuff on the TV show. So. Uh, thanks for doing the podcast. Bye. 
Rick, thank you so very much for calling 904-469-7469 and letting your voice be heard. All listeners, you can let your voice be heard as well, just like Rick calling your thoughts. Now, he didn't really spill any spoilery info as far as tying it into the book. That's why I played this voicemail already. But he made an interesting point that some of the characters on the TV show are a little more likable. And I thought that was well said because I was kind of, <laughs> we talked about before reading the book. It's like, do I care about any of these people? Well, and as you read the book, you know, if you decide to pick it up now and start now or wait till a little bit later, I think in the book, for me anyway, it, it ebbed and flowed. There were times when you were like, oh, you know, the good guys are a bunch of whiny babies and the bad guys are actually more interesting because at least they're doing something interesting, you know, even though you didn't like it it was still more interesting to find out what they were actually doing and you wanted to see how that was going to progress. So I, I, I like how the show's doing it. Like, you know, Big Jim's actually kind of a human being in this episode and Junior's kind of a human being in this episode until you get Creepy to the very human end. Being, but. Well, well, sure. But I mean, that's, I mean, at least it shows that he's got this dual personality, maybe bipolarness to him that maybe he's got something really wrong with his brain. And does that play into, you know, the domes affecting that? Because he seemed semi-normal before the dome came down, even though he was, you know, grabbing Angie's arm and a little bit of an abuser. But, you know, to flip as far as he did to kidnap her, you know, something's really got to snap. And is that because of the dome or is that just because of, you know, whatever he's dealing with right now? So are you saying that crybabies are behind the dome? Everybody's a crybaby. Oh. I mean, even Carolyn was like kind of at that stage. She's like, oh, my gosh, you're going to die. We're going to be in here forever. We need to steal some insulin. And then, you know, obviously Alice talks her off the ledge and they put the insulin back. But I mean, there's people that are start going to start to either, you know, think about themselves or get more scared or get fearful as the days wear on, especially because the military left, you know. So, you know, what's going to happen next week? You know, I mean, the the promo looked pretty intense and it seems like it's right on track with where the book was so yeah uh, we'll have to see what happens if because it, it could change right it could be a big twist oh yeah they could be totally baiting us with the promo for the next episode and without giving anything away it looks like next week's episode is straight out of the book whereas this week's episode was totally different than the book but either way they go one thing is for sure we're all in this together Thank you, Big Jing. Always. <laughs> Always and forever in this together. Oh, no, that didn't mean to rhyme. So, Troy, we also got some listener emails this week with some great theories and thoughts as well. What do you have for us? Yeah, our friend Jason Taylor wrote in, and uh, he gave us a seven and a half rating on this episode. So not as high as us. Seven and a half seven. doses of antibiotics. But he agreed with me that his favorite scene was Joe shushing the camera mid-seizure. That was pretty cool. And that Joe and Nori's third batch of seizures comes with a message straight from the dome itself, according to him. Don't tell anyone. They might want to uh, stop touching one another for the time being, though, be them being teenagers. You know, teenagers will do what teenagers do. It seems that Joe and Nori are conduits for whatever is happening, be it the dome itself or some other outside entity. Once the pink stars stop falling... Maybe they'll actually get a new message, potentially. Now, I don't know if it seemed more like to me that Joe was interpreting what he saw in their little video phone uh, of the scene, thinking that that meant, shh, don't tell anybody. 
Well, and it was interesting how they filmed that because when we looked at it, we saw it as the phone. So the the viewers actually saw Joe sitting up and doing the shushing, right? But right. the question is, what did Nori see? Did Nori see something different? Because they didn't really talk about what they saw afterwards. So like, oh, did you see point. that? She's like, yeah. And they kind of moved on. So they didn't say, can you confirm that you saw me sitting up? So I wonder if Nori saw something differently. Just throwing that out there. Um, he goes on to say, uh, not only did Joe think to mention not seeing Angie to someone, but Big Jim actually finds her. I rewatched the pilot episode and Angie made mention that she didn't live in the house with Joe. I can't help but feel that Big Jim took way too long just staring at her, not saying anything. I wouldn't put it past him to keep her down there, realizing what Junior has done. By the way, Dean Norris has that look down pat. It was the same one Hank had on the toilet when he found out who WW was over on Breaking Bad. Uh, I wish they had given more reason for Evan Coggins' attitude to just change the way it did. It was in contrast to what we've seen from him thus far. He goes from being high on meth and burning evidence and a subsequent home to honoring what he believes is God's plan and wanting to repent for his involvement with Big Jim by giving back his share. Where is that coming from? I'm yeah. thinking that that's the dome might be affecting people's minds. Yeah, and and this is the one thing that I said, you know, from last week's podcast that was missing from Manhunt if you compare it to the book timeline. You know, there was this revelation that Coggins was like, oh, we're being punished and this is God's will that we're being punished because we shouldn't have done this drug business. And they literally just jumped right into that in this episode. So there was no revelation of Coggins coming to that. And I thought that was a miss. I really would have liked to have seen that scene played out in the episode, to be honest. It would have been really bizarre. I wonder if it was filmed and just to make room for a TV time, it had to hit the DVD extras. DVD and Blu-ray extras. I am hoping that when the uh, set comes out, which of course you can pre-order at underthedomeradio.com. I'm hoping when that set comes out that it is chock full of goodies, outtakes, um, behind the scenes interviews, just anything you could think of to put on a Blu-ray extra disc. I'm hoping that it's in there. Yeah, and then he finishes up his email here with uh, Junior continues to have these moments where you'd want to root for him. Uh, I'm not rooting for him. If it wasn't for the whole Angie chained up in the fallout shelter thing, <laughs> taking down the town from leaving the hospital and talking to Linda after the death of Mrs. Moore, there has yet to be any indication of him suffering from some other ailments. We'll just put it that way. Oh, okay. Kind of gives away the book comparison. Um, but I love the way he signs his emails. He says, stay trapped. I love it. Thanks, Jason. And then, of course, this was our first uh, medical hospital-focused episode of Under the Dome. And one of our awesome call-in listener feedback uh, Twitter friends, um, at Live and Salty, Rochelle, is actually in this episode. I uh, saw her. A number of times. Um, so she actually uh, wrote in this week. Um, she felt like she couldn't call in and give away thoughts, theories, and she's kind of in the next couple of episodes. So she wrote in and said, good morning, Wayne and Troy. Uh, not sure if I'm too late to get in my feedback on episode four outbreak for under the dome or not. I've not been able to call because my actual nurse or actual nursing job has been pretty busy lately. Uh, first off, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. A little biased, obviously, since I'm <laughs> in the episode. Understandable. But, but it did flow very nicely and there wasn't as much jumping around as there was in last week's episode. I'm glad she called that out because it's the same thing I said. 
Uh, numerous questions that I had from previous episodes were answered. Uh, the numbers on Barbie's map address and lot number for Phil's trailer. Uh, what was Peter into? Peter Shumway was a gambler, but on what and is that relevant? So was he betting on futures, stocks, horse racing? You know, they didn't really get into the specifics on what he was actually placing the bets on. So that might be something you could call in for at 904-469-7469 and give us your theories on what he's actually placing his bets on. Maybe Peter Shumway and the gambling business was somehow tied to the dome. Could maybe be. maybe Peter knew something in advance. That'd be really great. You yeah. know, like he had the answer all along and then Barbie ends up accidentally killing him and now nobody has the answer. She also goes on, uh, Barbie played a voicemail for Julia in the hospital. It was Peter on the phone saying, my wife is home. Let's meet at the other location. Now, if you actually remember in episode one, Barbie has a notepad with an address on it and the name is Smith. Is Smith Peter Shumway's alias? And was that Julia and Peter's address? Because from the voicemail, it sounded as if the first location to meet was at their house. If Smith is not Peter, then who is that address for? And are they part of the ring of, you know, drug run people? Or are we going to find something else else out later? Excellent idea, Rochelle. I didn't even catch that. And it does make you wonder. I, I like your theory that they would normally want to meet at the actual house, but... Uh, that wouldn't have been a good thing for uh, Mrs. Shumway to see. But the one thing that's for certain is that now we're going to have to go back and watch the pilot for the fifth time. There you go. My DVR is filling up with all these HD episodes of Under the Dome, so I can have them anytime I need to uh, reference them. Uh, don't worry. Don't half a cow. If anybody's in Comic-Con, that's the Comic-Con poster. Don't half a cow, man. It was a great poster. I loved how there is a shot of Junior walking down the corridor of the hospital clinic after his dad saying that he should consider a job in law enforcement. He kind of winks as he's going down the hall as if to say, if you only knew. Now, this is before Linda gives him the badge. So is this a coincidence or a little clue for the tuned in viewer letting them know how true Big Jim's statements will actually become? And I'm thinking it, it was all some sort of long con of juniors that he knew that if he did this, things would just start falling into place. And he, who knows what he's going to do once he has a badge. That's I, just it. That's it right there. Falling into line. So junior is actually going to, you know, put on the Chester's mill, hot pink police uniform. It'll be pink stars falling in lines. Cause junior was the star of the town in this episode. Oh, answers. What will Big Jim do about Reverend Coggins? He's sort of a loose cannon now. <laughs> sort and of. If, <laughs> and if I were Big Jim, I definitely would not trust him with any secrets. Uh, he may feel he needs to expose everything to cleanse his soul. I don't see Reverend Coggins around much longer. Uh, lastly, everyone's uh, big question is, will Big Jim let Angie out of the shelter? Is, here's Rochelle's thought. I think Big Jim will not want to expose his son and make himself look bad to the community. I think he will fix the water so that she does not drown, but he will keep her contained down there until he knows for sure what is going on. Thanks a lot for the podcast as always and the thought-provoking comments on Under the Dome Radio. Uh, thank you for your support of all of us little background domies. Take care. Can't think of any better people than the domies to be trapped with you guys. Keep it up, a.k.a. Live and Salty, the nurse in this episode. 
Very nice. Thank you so much, Wurzel. That was awesome. And some good theories. We're, I am giddy for Monday night for the next episode of Under the Dome. Okay, so are we going to talk about what we think Big Jim's going to do at this point or still hold it off for later? We're going to hold it off for about 75 seconds. Hi, Troy. Hi, Wayne. This is Lorreen Romero from Windsor, California. Just giving a quick update on this week's uh, Under the Dome. Wow, it just gets better and better. I know, I know. They say the very last, best to the very last. I loved when he opened the door. What's he going to think that his son is doing? Something's got to be going on. If it's anything like Lost, you know what? He's going to close the door and pretend it didn't happen and use it against his son somehow. So love the show. Love the interviews that you guys have. You guys are the best. You rock. Keep up the good work. Thank you again. You work hard. It shows. You know what? I'm going to go over to the iTunes store, and I'm going to give you a five-star. You absolutely deserve it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Keep up the good work. Lorreen, thank you so much, and thanks in advance for an iTunes review. We greatly appreciate it. Anybody, you can go to underthedomeradio.com slash love with all the details on how to do the iTunes review. It would help keep the show up there and noticeable for when people search Under the Dome. If they're looking for episodes or whatever they're searching for, they'll see this podcast and discover us, and uh, we'll be glad to have the listeners checking out the show now, Lorene was the first one that I heard because you got the emails first and I got the voicemails. And I'm surprised that other people, in addition to Lorene, are suspecting that Big Jim might just leave Angie in there. That didn't even cross my mind for a minute. Am I a patsy? No, I mean, if you've done any kind of lost stuff, I mean, it, it's definitely something that jumps into your brain if you're a, you know, a lost follower, fringe follower, J.J. Abrams follower, right? It's the twist that's definitely in the back of your mind. You know, I didn't actually get any further to think about what really was going to happen next week. When I saw Big Jim standing in the doorway, the only thing that popped into my mind was he's standing there thinking, holy crap. I just deputized my son with a gun and he's a kidnapper Rico (laughs) and he's still trying to process that. So he's trying to figure out, you know, what do I do about junior before he even thinks about what do I do about Angie? So you think that might be the delay that Jim was staring at her for so long without saying or doing anything was he was trying to process all this. His beady eyes were kind of going back and forth. (laughs) Like, uh, 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 let me think, let me process cut to black. So, yeah, because there's always got to be a cliffhanger to keep you coming back next week for one one of these types of shows. Because no matter how bad or crazy Big Jim might be himself, and after four days under the dome, this is definitely the strangest thing that even he has seen so far. Yeah, I think so. I think he like didn't even picture Junior being able to do something like this. (laughs) He, yeah. I like your thought that he was trying to process it. I just deputized this guy, gave him a gun. Oh, my goodness. Um, I admit to falling for thinking that Big Jim was probably processing it for just a minute because it was so shocking. But even as bad as Big Jim could be, I assumed that the very next scene that we were going to see would be him unchaining Angie and letting her out. And then, of course, Angie explaining what happened and Big Jim maybe not believing it. 
Not you sure. Know, the more I thought about it, because I watched it again today, I think he lets her out. And I think what he does is uses that to his advantage, saying, you know, don't blow the whistle. Don't talk about Junior. Pretend this never happened. I'll take care of you. Big Jim's your daddy, right? You know, I'll take care of you. Everything will be fine. You know, I'll make sure Junior doesn't hurt you, but I need you to do something for me. So there'll be a little bit of a payola situation here um, to make sure that, you know, Angie keeps quiet and then Big Jim gets something he needs in return. I don't know what that is yet with Angie because, of course, we haven't learned enough of her backstory, but there might be something in Angie's past that Big Jim might want to use as an exploit. I like that. But I, from what Lorene and other listeners mentioned as well, the more I think about it, the more it could seem plausible that Big Jim might just uh, shut the door, add extra soundproofing so other people can't hear her screaming from outside. But like you said, maybe fix the water so she doesn't actually drown down there. Hey, you know, or you can just pull out the inflatables and have a party. Water noodles for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that would be bizarre. But, you know, pink stars are falling in lines. Right. Now, we also got a uh, feedback on Google Plus from uh, listener Justine in Poland who watches Under the Dome in Poland and listens to the show and left us a review in the Polish iTunes store. So, Justine, thank you for that, by the way. Justine says, I thought Outbreak was an outstanding episode of Under the Dome. Interesting developments in all the character storylines. For example, Julia digging her way to the truth about her husband and Junior becoming the pacifist of the town. What surprised me the most was how much I enjoyed the other characters' storylines. The psychologist suddenly became all that more interesting. And for that matter, the scene which left the biggest impact on me was the one with both of the teenagers watching the creepy video where one of them was acting like the embodiment of the will of the dome. It could even develop into one of my nightmares over the next few days. Justine, I, I hope it does not bring on nightmares, but I agree that was a very creepy scene. Uh, well, she, I guess the question there is, what do the colonites think, right? So if you're a colonite and you're out there, do you want to dream about Colin going shh in your dreams? <laughs> or do you not want to dream about that because you don't want to have nightmares about Colin doing weird stuff? So if you want to weigh in, colonites, 904-469-7469. Thank I'm pretty you. sure that the... I'm sure the colonites would want to dream about Colin. Thank you for that, Troy. Justin continues, at this point, I'm thinking that the Dome is some sort of experiment conducted by a corporation. And my first thought, Troy, was Widmore. Uh, maybe a sociological study of how small societies would react to all the communication with the outside world being cut off. Overall, a fantastic episode. Justin gives it 9 out of 10 epidemics in a tinderbox. I like that one. Very well done. Thank you so very, very much, Justine. And a nine. So a lot of high ratings and a 7.5 in there as well, which like I've mentioned before on some episodes of the Fringe Casting podcast that I did with Dan, 7.5 may not sound all that great, but there's a ton of TV shows that would do anything to get a 7.5 rating. Yes, that is for sure. Especially if it's on Friday nights. (laughs) Yes. For something like that, that would be quite an achievement now troy you mentioned a little bit earlier people with the half a cow uh poster at comic-con you know 
anybody that's an Under the Dome fan, that's uh, Under the Dome radio podcast listener, if you're a Comic-Con, if you happen to end up with any extra swag, posters, pencils, or anything, you could certainly help us out. We would love to get our hands on that because we cannot be at Comic-Con. And uh, we just get in touch with us. We can give you a mailing address or whatever. If you happen to, I'm just throwing that out there. But even something else you could do if you happen to bump into one of the stars from under the dome and you got your iphone or cell phone handy if you could go up to him and maybe talk him into saying something like hey this is dean norris and you're listening to wayne and troy on the under the dome radio podcast and you could email that uh, mp3 file to us that'd be awesome or since the communication works outside of the dome in san diego if you happen to be at the panel you know it wouldn't hurt just to uh do a little um, Joe the Scarecrow videotaping and uh, send that our way. Except just make sure nobody goes shh when you send that video over. Unless it's Aaron Rodgers. Or Colin Fort. <laughs> I wonder if, since Under the Dome has only been on for a month now, do you think anybody is already dressing up as characters from the show at this year's Comic-Con? I don't think they're dressing up. It's not a show where you dress up like anybody. But I think that, you know, with whatever it was, 17 million viewers, they adjusted up the pilot again. Again? So, yeah. So the, the live plus seven day, now it's like over 17 million watch wow. the pilot. There's got to be a lot of people coming to the panel. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be packed. It's definitely going to be packed. Now, I could see somebody dressing up like Reverend Coggins, though. I could see that. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody comes to my door on Halloween dressed like Reverend Coggins. So with that, let's go ahead, Troy, and head on over in the Dome, a.k.a. in the know, where we can talk about anything that might be related to things happening in the book that may or may not be spoilery. What do you have for us this week, Troy? We'll give everybody five, four, three, two. You don't say one, you just point. So yes, cover your ears, fast forward about maybe five minutes, and you'll be good to go. So... um. Well, I already mentioned Reverend Coggins, you know, so the scene that is in the book that they didn't show that would have actually helped this kind of progression from last week to this week is he's actually in the church and he's actually praying to God and literally God talks to Reverend Coggins and says, you have sinned, you need to repent, you need to stop doing what you're doing. And he's totally having a hallucination because he's high as a kite. Um, but it really freaks him out. And that's what basically gets him to say, Hey, big Jim, you know, I'm out, you know, you need to do something about this. We got to stop this. You know, if we don't stop the dome is never going to come up, you know? So I think that that scene would have been really great to have some kind of special effects, psychedelic type stuff going on, especially with the spinal taps and the meningitis with the fever. You could have totally played into that and had that scene in this episode. So it's kind of a disappointment that that wasn't there. Um, the one thing that I really did like, though, compared to the book is, you know, they wrote in Alice and Carolyn for this um, for this TV show right. as kind of the out of towners passing through. But in the book, Carolyn and Thurston are still out of towners. They just happen to be staying out at those cabins where we see Peter and Barbie um, when the dome comes down. Um, and Thurston is actually a medical doctor in the book. So I thought it was really great to kind of fast forward the bones, as everybody's been saying, the book is the bones of the show, um, to fast forward the bones of Thurston being in the medical clinic and bringing Alice to the forefront much sooner. 
I think that was really a great move um, to make that character more prevalent now rather than having to wait towards the end of the story. Oh, okay. So, so even though Alice is Alice, she's really Thurston. Yeah, that's kind of how I view her character as I've been watching it. Um, the other really great shout-outs here, the one thing that I really loved was the conversation between uh, Peter and... Uh, not Peter, sorry. Barbie and Julia uh, when she's laying in the hospital after he saves her. And she's like, what's your story? And he actually goes through, you know, well, after the military, I had a couple odd jobs. I was a line cook. So he actually throws out that he was a, a short order cook, which is what he actually is in the book. Exactly. Caught over, my eye. Yeah. Like literally like picked up on that right away. And I thought that was awesome that they kind of threw that back in there. Um, you know, just some really good stuff that it's still kind of moving along in the kind of meth- meth- methodical, you know, meth- methodical. Thank you. That. Yes. I was stuck on meth. I just was thinking about it for some reason in the methodical way. And, you know, I think with next week's episode, since we're in the dome, you know, what is really great about next week is that they actually do have a visitor's day, but it's much, 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 much later in the book, like day eight. So to see that they're going to actually bring visitor's day up to day four or five and combine it with what the military has planned is going to make an interesting combination. So, my prediction for next week is that the missiles or whatever they're going to shoot at the dome in this episode, we assume it's going to be the missiles. Um, I think what they're going to do is the missiles are going to hit the dome. And instead of not doing anything like it does in the book, I think something's going to happen to the dome. That's going to allow communication to happen through the glass. Really? Because otherwise why have the visitors day and just have people scrolling on pieces of paper, passing pieces of paper back and forth. I think the missiles will come, something will happen in the dome, and they'll be able to talk to their loved ones. That's my prediction for next week. And I'm thinking that might just both be on the same day to move things along in the TV show. Perhaps Visitor's Day is, you know, sometime around 10 or 11 in the morning, and then around 4 in the afternoon after they chase everybody away, then they're going to launch the missiles at the dome. Or it's the ploy from the military to say, hey, everybody, go see your loved ones at the dome on you know, east side of town, and we're going to shoot the missiles at the west side of oh, town. Oh, yeah, that could happen as well. Which is kind of what happened in the book, because they had everybody go to that um, the dive bar in the book, and they had everybody go there, and then they you know broadcast you know as the missiles were coming at the dome on the big TV with uh, Joe's computer. So it'll be interesting to see how much of that actually makes it into the show next week. But all in all, that promo, all these things just look right out of the book, which is interesting because this week's episode was almost nothing from the book. Right, <laughs> so, exactly. They'll all piece it together, but uh, it is going to be very intense. I'm really looking forward to this episode because just the way in those short clips that they talked about Visitor's Day and somebody picking up on, hey, this might not be for us to say hello. This might be a way for us to say goodbye. It's like, good point. This may not be a good thing at all. Because that's where I was confused. I was like, well, why have a visitor's day if they can't talk to each other? <laughs> Not Penny's boat. Right. Don't half a cow. Listen to underthedomeradio.com. Thank you, Mr. Joe. Yes. Giving us that picture. It was awesome. Yes, because originally I couldn't really read what was on Barbie's note, and he posted that. That was very cool. Very cool. Listen to Under the Dome Radio in iTunes. And I think that'll do it so we can... You know, take the dome off and uh, <laughs> we'll go back out so that everybody can listen again. And uh, we will wrap up this uh, wonderful episode number 10 for this week. 
And again, show notes at underthedomeradio.com slash 10. And want to remind everybody that Under the Dome Radio is certainly wide open for syndication and advertising opportunities. Just let us know. Send me an email. Write to wayne at mediavoiceovers.com. I think that would be a good thing. I'd love to chat about that with you. So we're going to have a special episode, number 11, coming out this Monday, July 22nd. And as a, such a weekend sponsorship of propane would really help us out. It'd go a long way to keep those darn tanks that are always running low because we're broadcasting like maniacs these days. You can visit the right sidebar. Maybe even right now, if you're listening to this episode on the website, see there on the right-hand side, the different uh, beautiful propane tanks. They're a lot better than the ones that Big Jim's been collecting. And of course, if you are Big Jim, then anything less than a full week of propane would be unacceptable. So Big Jim, if you're listening, go ahead and sponsor a full week sponsorship of propane at underthedomeradio.com. And either way, the conversation does not end here when the podcast ends. It definitely does not, because you can always find out the latest and greatest about Under the Dome Radio by visiting the website, underthedomeradio.com. You can like our Facebook page and leave a comment or share your domehead pics or wearing our domehead swag or drinking out of a domehead mug at facebook.com slash underthedomeradio. Follow us on Twitter at UTD Radio Podcast and use the hashtag pound or hash UTDR so that we can find your tweets faster. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes and leave a review or at least a rating like Lorraine did because it really helps out the show. And while you're at your computer, please take a few minutes, as Wayne mentioned, to find out ways you can share your love of the Under the Dome Radio podcast by visiting our page, underthedomeradio.com slash love and sponsor Propane Tank on the right-hand sidebar. Because all you need is love. Let your voice be heard and send in your thoughts to be played on the next episode of the podcast. All of the details are on the site. And don't forget, dome heads, send in that picture of you showcasing your awesome dome head related items, your headwear, or if you've uh, ended up with one of our t shirts or a coffee mug or anything that you think might be a dome. I've actually got an idea in mind for uh, my own photo, but there's some excellent ones already posted that would be hard for me to top at underthedomeradio.com slash domeheads. But. Until that next episode of Under the Dome Radio coming out on Monday, it's going to be extra special. Keep your uh, podcatcher ready for it. If you're looking for us around the mill, you can always find us. Lost, out on the fringe, trapped under the dome. <laughs>